Lindsay Gibbons, and you're listening to GKG On Air. Today, I'm joined by my colleague, Paul Guansing, GKG's Senior Instructional Designer. Paul has worked in learning and development for over 13 years for various organizations, including the National Institutes of Health. He joined GKG in May of this year. Paul, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you very much, Lindsay. It, you know, it's weird for me to hear that intro because I'm very young, or at least I like to think of myself as very young. But thank you. I'm very humbled and honored to be here. Well, you certainly don't look like you've had over 13 years of experience, that's for sure. So, Paul, you know, as our company continues to grow and mature, I think more and more people are interested and are coming to you to pursue the development of different trainings. So I think I'd like you to start by describing what you do as an instructional designer. Okay, well, well, simply put, I create learning materials. But of course, the field of instructional design goes well beyond that. I have to carefully consider how do students learn and what are the materials and methods that would be the most effective. So, so really, I'm creating a learning experience that is rooted in instructional theories and models. Okay, thanks. I think like most things, it's probably much more complex than people realize. Can you talk about the difference between designing a curriculum and training versus delivering one? Sure. The important thing with instructional design is that I'm going to go through this design to make sure we're more likely to achieve results. So, you know, a good design is going to engage learners and make them interested in this training and and just assist them in gaining all the knowledge that we're trying to give them. The delivery, I mean, it can be a lot of things. It could be an instructor-led delivery. It can be an e-module. It could be a video, which is important, I mean, to consider, you know, what's the best way for these students to learn. Me personally, you know, I have experience as a facilitator and it's something I enjoy. It's kind of like a performance. You know, I have to get up and perform in front of this audience, um, which is great, but it doesn't work no matter how good you are as a facilitator if the design is not good. That makes sense. And would you say this day and age, e-modules and, you know, designing a training that is completely done online without an actual person facilitating that is is that the norm now or what would you say the mix is well there's there's benefits to each method you know it really depends on what you're looking for occasionally if there's a, you know a large amount of people well I don't want to say impossible but it's much more cost effective to have an asynchronous training where people can work at their own pace so th- I wouldn't say there's definitely we're headed one way or the other. There's a place for every single method of delivery. And I, I think, you know, where we're headed in the future, I think we're going to have more things like virtual reality training or, you know, whatever new technology. Uh, instructional design is constantly thinking about what's the best way to deliver these trainings. Wow. I'm excited to try a virtual reality training. <laughs> I can be your guinea pig if you, if you want one. <laughs> so, okay. What type of trainings are you doing for GKG? Well, my main task is something called GKG University. For those who are unfamiliar with GKG University, the idea is that a newer employee can go through this series of trainings and after completion would be able to stand shoulder to shoulder with an experienced HR professional. So it's really full of, you know, various HR functions or soft skills. And and really, we want to give uh, a newer employee whatever they need to, to be able to gain years of experience in a short amount of time. 
Yeah, that's really exciting. So I know on top of the work you're doing for DKG University, you are also working with different folks and teams within headquarters and some contracts to help with um, trainings as well. What's that process like and what's your bandwidth for, you know, assisting colleagues aside from or apart from GKG University? So one thing is I really enjoy my job. So I'm really happy to assist whenever I can if someone needs assistance with developing a training or designing a training. I think the thing to keep in mind for me is the aspect of this job that I love the most is the actual design. That means if someone comes to me, I hope that they have clear objectives and information and, you know, whatever's needed to help me get to that point. Yeah, that actually dovetails really nicely into the next question. Clearly, you can't be a subject matter expert in every training you design. GKG, of course, has, you know, breadth and depth of capabilities and contracts. So how do you collaborate best with the right people to create seamless and successful instruction? You know, that's that's a great thing about GKG is we have some amazing employees. You know, some have literally a lifetime of experience. And, you know, I want to be able to work with these experts and leverage their their amazing knowledge and experience so that the next generation of HR professionals can gain all of their years of knowledge and, and learn not only just how to do things, but the GKG way of doing things. You know, that's the intent of working with a subject matter expert. So in terms of mechanics, is one thing more helpful than others? For example, someone approaching you with a previous training they've done or coming up with the basics of what they're looking for in a Word document or a new PowerPoint, or as you mentioned before, simply approaching you with some objectives and goals. I mean, what makes it easiest and most successful for you? Well, really, we might start at any point. You know, perhaps someone just knows that there's a deficiency and wants to develop a training to address that deficiency. And we are really starting from scratch. Perhaps they have some old training and they have some evaluations and they know that this aspect does not work in that training or this does work. So really, we can start at any point and come up with a successful training. Me personally, I really enjoy the actual design and development portion. So I always think the sooner we can get to that point, the better for me. So if there are already objectives and, you know, maybe there's a PowerPoint that's already developed or a training that's already developed and I can just tweak that or work on improving that, that's the part of the job that I really enjoy. But it doesn't necessarily have to have these aspects to be successful. I really, we can start at any point. Okay, thanks for breaking it down like that. I think that'll be really helpful for people that are interested in, in connecting with you on some of these and kind of knowing where to start. So with that in mind, if a colleague or a team or a department approached you seeking your help to develop a training, what would you say is the number one thing you need from them to be successful? Yeah, well, definitely a clear objective. What do they want to get out of this? The hard thing is just knowing that I need a training. I want a training, but not really sure what for. So it's clear direction first and foremost. And ideally, there is some information that can assist with analysis. Maybe old trainings, maybe there's FAQs or a website that has some information. Really, the more information 
that I can get my hands on, the better. If there's evaluations or maybe some some recordings or something like that that can assist me in that analysis phase, that's very helpful. Okay, got it. So making sure you have those key resources um, exactly. regarding that that topic. Okay. So switching gears a little bit, Paul, how did you get started in this field? You know, I started in training. Actually, my first taste of training was way back in high school. I was a member of an improv team that at the time, it was the first and only high school improv team in Maryland. And we would teach workshops occasionally. And that, that was my first taste of training. It was very formative for me. I worked doing trainings and tutorings for a while until I found a position that was kind of a hybrid position where I was doing half facilitating, half development, um, which was very fortunate for me because I think it's not an easy field to break into. Most companies want an experienced instructional designer. And this was great because uh, they allowed me to kind of learn on the job. I, I spent time uh, as a detailee with experienced instructional designers to learn Articulate Storyline, which is a popular application for course development and a host of other things. So that was uh, very helpful for me. It does not surprise me at all that you were on an improv team. You're very quick-witted and funny. So this is all coming together for me now. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I learned a lot um, about the process, about what you need from us as your colleagues to be successful working together on trainings in the future. So happy you're part of our team. Your expertise in this field is so important, I think, especially right now at the stage we're at as a growing organization. So thanks again for joining. Thank you very much, Lindsay. And thank you everyone for tuning in. And we'll talk to you next time on GKG On Air.